Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Life in Bomb City. I'm Aaron Favor. And I'm Dr. Beth Rodriguez. And we are recording live here in the Social and Behavioral Sciences Department at Amarillo College. Here we are. It's good to be back. It is. It's been a bit. <laughs> we were sitting here like, God, it's been a while, but it just got real busy all of a sudden. And <laughs> I think that, you know, everything has its place, has, has its season. So now that's done and we're moving on. And I'm glad to be back in here, you know, coming up with a new podcast for today. Yeah, 100%. There are so many different things that have happened since October. I think the last time we recorded in early October, we were about to have the, the new Sopranos come out as the prequel uh, with mixed reviews. And now here we are in the new year, post uh, family get togethers at Thanksgiving and again at Christmas and and the new year and the new year. Yeah. Right. And my so, birthday. Right. And one your birthday. Yeah. When and you're your, older. Okay. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, we, those are, those are all such massive events. So recording an episode in between them, we could have done it, but then my family got COVID right after Thanksgiving and that took us out of the ball game for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we had, I don't know how many other things going on. I think we had one planned though for right after Thanksgiving we that did. we had to cancel. We were going to do something, but then you guys got sick and then we just got really busy with a whole bunch of stuff with the ending of the semester and starting new things and, um, presenting new, like our new, what is it, network that we're working with, our new side, the Blackboard. And, you know, I was getting all this new information and I get to hire somebody. So psychologists out there. Hey, congratulations. I'm excited about that's that. That's a big, big deal considering everything that's been going on and the growth of, uh, well, I wouldn't, I mean, just the demand of our, of our classes and our coursework, the fact that so many students, uh, they're required to take a class and then psychology has its own program. Right. We do. We have our own major. So, um, like we did, um, I guess, resolve. <laughs> I don't know what to say the word, but, um, for social work, because we did not have a full-time social work, um, employee faculty member on campus. We just had a part-time and you can't have a program with a part-time or an adjunct instructor. So now it is psychology with the emphasis in social work. So I see it's been, I nice. see. I'm excited. It's a, you know, I'm it's, <laughs> I don't know, after you've been somewhere for 10 years, you know, you keep every year, every time you start a new eight weeks, it's like we have to have some sort of pep rally to get excited. And I don't know if I need that right now. I just need, I'm excited to see who my students are you know, what they have coming to the table and it, cause it's always something new. I mean, I think maybe we should do a podcast of like our craziest stories sure. <laughs> because man, I, you know, we've had some crazy things that have happened not only to us, but to our students that then respond to us. And it's been, I just think that, you know, this is 2022, which is so that number in itself is just like, what? Um, but I think, you know, I'm just excited to see what happens, what this year has to hold. And I'm hoping that it doesn't have some of the things from the past. And But there's some things I do. So, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm excited to see what happens. Right. 2022 kind of came upon us very quickly. I don't 
really remember celebrating anything about 2021. I remember 2020, uh, but not for the reasons that we would think. I just remember how long of a year it was, and that was what stood out about 2020 yeah. was how long it was. But then 2021 just kind of flew by and was eclipsed in the shadow of the long uh, year that we had in 2020, which was, you know, just changing ec- uh, expectations over and over and over right. again, which, you know, created, you know, all kinds of new things. And of course there were just the media cycles were just crazy. And yeah, now we've kind of learned to roll it's, with the punches a little bit. Hopefully. I mean, it did, uh, you're absolutely correct. Like 2020 seemed forever. 2021 flew. And so, I mean, we'll see what happens here. Hmm. It's, it's crazy. It just is. It's crazy. My kids are getting big and I, every year, and I, I remember my parents saying, I think we've said this before on our podcast, but you know, everybody always says, Oh, just wait, time goes so fast. And you're like, okay. But I mean, every year it's like, God, you're so right. Like if so, everything goes so fast. It does. That's uh, the essence of time. Have not really time travel, maybe the way we would consider it in the old days um, with Marty McFly. Right. But time travel, as we get older, time really does travel a little bit faster. And maybe that relativity. Absolutely. uh, In terms of our age changes things. Uh, But I don't know, you know, we are, our kids are, you know, getting, uh, are getting older. Kelly and I were just talking the other day about how much they're growing. You know, one of them just started crawling and it seems like such a small thing, but to get to witness it again is yeah. just like what witnessing it the first time. Uh, and, you know, other one is uh, almost six years old. He's growing up right now. We're working on learning how to read uh, and doing a good job at it. So I get to spend an incredible amount of time each night reading with him and to him. And I'm just kind of trying to savor that time because it won't always be that way. And I'm looking forward to having the conversations in the future, but I'm, I'm much more satisfied uh, just being able to be present with him during the moments that I can be. Absolutely. Yes. I know I was um, talking the other day and uh, it was pretty funny because I had my daughter's friends. We, Went to a movie. I took him to a movie. And afterwards, um, I had to go take my sons to different places. Had to pick somebody up. And then I took them to do something. And then, I mean, it was just like, da 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 running everywhere. So I take one of the little girls home. And she said, Miss Beth, thank you so much for just driving us everywhere. So my mom wouldn't do that. And the other friend said, yeah, she's kind of like an Uber driver. She goes, my mom, went, my mom wouldn't do it either. And... The truth is, is right now that is my, you know, I'm just take there. It's really there. My kids are in that season of friends and doing things and going places. And, and, um, I don't, you know, it's at the, you don't want them to always be gone and I don't want to have to take them everywhere. But at the same time, I don't want them to miss out on these opportunities to get to do that with their friends. And, um, at the same token, I'm really excited though, because my oldest 15 he'll be 16 this summer so we've been doing a lot of driving with him and I keep like maybe I should just let him drive because I get really sick of having to pick everybody up and you know mid-dinner like that's what happened last night is I made dinner like I had green beans and mashed potatoes and 
um, mac and cheese for the kids because they don't eat everything. And then rotisserie chicken. And I was like, yeah, everything's warm. I'm on the table. I'm about to eat. And then my oldest son calls and says, yeah, so-and-so can't bring me home. Can you come get me? And I was like, I seriously had my plate on the table. Like, and I was like, yeah, I got it. I mean, I don't have a, tr- that's my kid. I got to go get my kid. So I get up and go, you know, and it's, that's just, that's the season I'm in. It's like the constant going. We're not, we don't stop. And we're trying, my husband and I are trying to schedule our time, but also um, scheduling all the kids stuff in there too. And what we realize is that, uh, you know, we love to go watch our kids play. That's our thing. It's like our kids play sports. My daughter's doing club volleyball which is another story. And my son's playing basketball. My other son's starting baseball. And I mean, we're going to be like really divided this whole time because we can't be, there's going to be things that happen at the same time. So we're going to have to split. And I'm just, I'm terrified that they're all three going to have something on the same day at the same time. It's like, Oh, what do I do then? Cause I can't be in two places. And I'm, I'm sure I'll have family members who do that, but that's not, like my parents would go and they'd help out, but that's not the same. Like I know, like my parents were at everything I did and I don't want, you know, who, who do I decide? Like who doesn't get me there? Ah, no, that's terrifying to me. And I know that's, it's silly, but that's like one of the things that we're going through at this point. I, I think it's uh, reasonable uh, because we all want to be the very best that we can be and provide our kids with the optimal experience of whatever it is that they're they're dealing with the truth is we can't do that and we can't be there all the time and it's uh, just time restrictions and the constraints of working and doing other things it's different it becomes it becomes impossible as you said to be in two places at one time is not possible so i'm personally uh i mean on a personal note i'm working very hard on uh trying to be less of a performer. So, uh, I mean, it's something that I've done since I was, you know, I don't know how old I was, you know, I mean, I just teens, early teens, something like that. You know, you get up in front of people and you put on a show of some sort, or you rely on somebody else to put on the main show and you kind of try to stay in some type of a, you know, a harmonizing place. And that becomes just part of another part of who you are. And I mean, growing up in the church of Christ, we learned how to sing and learning how to sing included being great harmonizers because there are no musical instruments. So you only have the voices and it's beautiful, uh, but it, it also kind of teaches another another side of of that maybe a, a performance mindset that even you know, it works differently in everybody. Uh, but for me, when I was going into being a musician, I was like, oh yeah, this is totally natural. This is what we do all the time anyway. So anyway, my point is that this uh, this year, if there is such a thing as a resolution, one of the things that I'm working on is not just uh, being the same person uh, in front of my classes that is, you know, I think my students describe me as super outgoing, which is, you know, not, I don't think it's, I don't think that's who I am. I'm 
much more introverted and much more uh, <laughs> quiet and like, you know, like to be a little well, ambient. It's funny because I would say um, in a social situation, yeah, but if you, if there's a topic that you have passion about, you are not introverted. You're going to be the first one to say something or whatever's on your mind and articulate your opinion and stuff. So I think it, it depends. That's, that would be your secondary personality or your secondary characteristics hmm. is that, you know, when it's something that you're passionate about, you are outgoing. You are, um, you have a lot to say about it, which is great. But you personally, which would be your primary traits, would say that, nope, that's not who I am because in most situations, I don't act that way. Right, right. And so uh, trying to figure out whether or not uh, that, you know, that has a place in the future, you know, meaning the, the primary thing where I'm not actually performing anymore. You know, that's that part of, I think that part of my life, it's fair to say is probably, if not completely finished, is certainly on its way out and has been for quite a while. And so I think that it becomes more and more important as we move into different seasons of our lives. And, you know, certainly we're giving and devoting that much more attention and time to our children that, you know, I make sure that I'm recognizing, see, you know, the changes going on that might be taking and pulling stuff away from that. And for all of uh, the time that we spend with our kids and uh, with our spouses, we are also somehow, you know, kind of being pulled, can be pulled in multiple directions. You don't want that. And I don't, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to have this singular presence. And so uh, that's something that I, it's not that I haven't worked on in the past. I'm going to be more deliberate about it. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to somebody that never makes New Year's resolutions. I always thought they were, <laughs> they were just BS. Uh, yeah. But it, but it's true. Uh, this is something that's going to be uh, a major priority, not just this year, but moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a good. I mean, I constantly want to reprioritize what's important to me, and I think that I don't know. I guess the New Year just kind of gives you a starting point, to, and then you can, I don't know, um, gauge. The difference. And I think that's why people do resolutions. I don't know. I mean, and do people usually stick to them? You know, I think it's what 75% don't. So, I mean, I guess when it comes to like something that you choose to do, it has to just be that like choice you have to choose. And if you choose it, then, you know, that's your choice and you're doing it and you're prioritizing it. What you're saying, I think it's a great segue into what we want to visit about today, which is whether or not all things have a place in the future, what does and what doesn't have a place in the future and how does one determine it? You know, how does, mm-hmm. how does, how do people, whether it's on the, on the larger uh, macro level, something as large as a civilization or a culture, um, but on a smaller level, you know, things, people seem to want a fresh start every single year, yeah. you know, and they believe that there is such a thing as a fresh start. I don't know that there really is, but sometimes it's nice to believe things that, you know, we, we just make up. Yeah. I mean, just being 
in the social and behavioral sciences, we know that everything in the past definitely affects your future. So even, I don't know, maybe it's the idea of being aware of how that can affect the future, which would allow you to have the choice or change, maybe. I don't know, but it is, I mean, we don't. I don't think that you can just clean slate anything unless you like get a new identity and take off, you know, and leave everything behind. But I mean, that's not very likely. It's not very possible. So I don't know that. But then again, that new identity would definitely be influenced by what happened last time. So clean slates are, it's a all relative. Yeah, we were born mm-hmm. and that was our opportunity at it. And then, but then we also have all these influence at the very beginning that don't really Right. I mean, we didn't really have a choice no. in so many of those different things. Something we talk about at the college a lot is, you know, whether or not, you know, where people are coming from mm-hmm. and there are different uh, places. I always love the fact that we have so many, such a wide group of uh, of student ages. Yeah. And you know? so many different student experiences and background. Yeah. I think it, I think it lends to a richer um, education of life, not just you know, the subject, but, you know, you get to hear experiences from people who have experienced it from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, the idea that some things have, you know, kind of like died out and we don't necessarily have those things as much anymore. Um, some people don't even know that they exist. And one of them that I talk about a lot in my class is the idea of a landline and a telephone. You know, um, that's the only way you communicated before. And when we got call waiting, what? That was huge. Um, I don't even know. Do they have call waiting on landlines? I have no idea what goes on with a landline anymore because we don't have it. And I don't know how many households really do anymore. I mean, and if they do, do they use it? And that's kind of, you know, it's one of those things that we thought, like, during my time when I was a kid, the phone was it. Like you get another line in the house and it's like, oh my gosh, my brother can be on the phone and so can I. Like, oh, that's crazy. Um, And I don't even know, like, I don't know the rules anymore with what goes on with landlines because it has been, it's kind of like that obsolete kind of thing that's kind of gone out. And now everybody has cell phones. Like the idea of long distance charging, remember that? (laughs) Yeah. You can't call long distance, but now- Does it matter? No, that's uh, that's a wonderful, a wonderful analogy. Uh, but there was I remember having a new newfound sense of privacy. That was I think probably there are some roots there mm-hmm. uh, with regard to that, and not you know worrying about not that we were ever super worried about it, you know, but worried about people's picking up the phone yeah. and and talking uh, or you know get off the phone. Yeah, remember that? I mean, I, yes. Those are things that we, we thought about a lot in the 1980s and early 1990s. And then we get the bag phones and the, yeah. the, the handhelds and Zach Morris, you know, yes. cutting class and saved by the bell uh, with using his own cell phones. And, you know, they end up looking like the just absolutely massive yeah. you know, phones, you did, that, satellite phones now. They look like satellite phones today. And they were used to call people. Now most people don't even talk on the phone. I mean, think about the last conversation you really had on the phone. I mean, it just doesn't happen very often. Now you text. 
you send videos and emojis and you have group, you know, whatever it is, but you don't, there's no, like the, the advancement in communication has actually caused us to not communicate more. What? That seems so backwards, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Like things that are supposed to help it. Like it's, that's the thing. Phone is for communication and getting information and, and sending information and talking. And yes, we get more information, but the idea of communication has completely, like we've, we've lost it. I don't know. I don't think my kids barely ever talk on the phone to their friends at all, at all. And like the other day, my friend, my friend, my son was trying to get a hold of his friend and I said, just call him. And he was like, what? He's on answering his text. I said, call him. And he's like, like it was a big deal. I can't, he's not answering a snap. He's not, dude. And I'm like, call, like you have the phone number, just call them. That way, you know, you can find out what's going on. And they just, people just don't call very often anymore, which I mean, it kind of, I don't know. It makes, it's kind of sad <laughs> because we don't have the communication we did before. Mm, like yeah. you would have to articulate like we've been talking about late. I mean, before, not later, <laughs> that would make no sense, but we were talking about that before. And that that's just something that kids are not taught as much. Like my husband will deliberately make our kids tell us about their day. Not just, it was good. I did. It. Okay. Well, what was good about it? Okay. I want you to sit and talk to me. Like, I need you to be able to communicate with people, like come in and tell a story, come in and, you know, tell us how you were feeling. Because if we don't do that, we're missing it all. I don't want an emoji for it. I need you to tell me. And I think that's something that we could be missing with this advancement in communication. Certainly. And, you know, there's nothing, clearly nothing new um, under the sun. Probably there were probably people that sat around and did their version of a podcast, whatever that would be, just a regular conversation in their living room sure. that was not shareable to the to any type of internet or public forum that was uh, large and great um, or had the potential to be large and great, depending certainly with links and you know all the different ways that we access conversations. But the way that information was transmitted changed dramatically in you know, the 14th, fifth, I'm sorry, in the 15th century mm-hmm. uh, with the printing press. Absolutely. And that led to all kinds of new innovations in, you know, science and religion and the way people were able to interpret increased literacy changed the, the face of the, the world. We shouldn't just talk about it as if it's all been good. Right. It has been good, but it was also challenging for the people for folks living during that period of time, uh, because that in itself drove a whole other idea of of change. So the more, for example, the more ideas that get spread because more people are able to read does not mean that people are able to interpret equally. Right. Uh, the same the same text and the same conversations or the same you know. Uh, books of the Bible. Right. Uh, that's it sounds wrong to say it to some extent. On the other hand, you know, that's, that's the way we read. I mean, if I were a writer and wrote 20 books, mm-hmm. I think that I would probably read 
fiction differently than I do. Right. And I mean, I think that you even brought up a great point is, you know, the more people know, the more that it can cause conflict, the more they, you know, they do know. So sometimes that becomes a lot more. We've talked about this before, the idea that, you know, maybe the reason we do have higher anxiety is because we are getting so much more information that it it's almost overwhelming and we have to process. But if we didn't say we didn't have, you know, the printing press, we didn't have this. the only people that we could or would worry about was our immediate family, our village, our environment, the city that we're in. And that's where our priorities were instead of, you know, thinking about Susie in Atlanta and what she ate for breakfast and how skinny she is, you know, whatever it happens to be. Right. And I, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, is it good to know that, you know, what's going on in Europe? Like we need to know what's going on over there. Do we? Um, don't, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. It's one of those give and take things. Like, I don't know if it's actually a better thing. Um, you know, you see all these apocalyptic movies, apocalyptic, is that apocalyptic? Yeah, apocalyptic. It sounded wrong. Um, movies where, you know, all of a sudden communications shut down and what do people worry about? Just surviving. And, you know, they're not worried about, oh, do I have the right shoes? Um, Am I associated with the best political party? We're not, you know, it's like to that point, it's like, I don't care. I just need to live and I need to take care of my kids and I need to make sure they're okay and that they're happy and that, you know, and it's like, I don't know, it's a give and take on, you know, you want to have all the information. You want it and you want people to know, but at the same time, how important is it really? Yeah. Do we have, do we have the discipline to, to actually have and and have good ownership over that information. Uh, certainly, it's something I think a great deal about, particularly when there's hurricanes and and in yeah. parts of the world or you know tsunamis. I I feel great a great amount of uh, and, a, and a great depth of, of empathy and and concern for anybody who's suffering. By the same token, there's only so much as right. we discussed. Uh, even I think a couple of couple of episodes ago and there's only so much we have to give right. outside of our immediate mm-hmm. surroundings and you know what is what is the greater what's the greater good there so yeah I mean the, so we're not talking about anything that's new and when we say something along the lines of it may not have a f- place in the future uh, we're not talking about you know people maybe not having a place in right. the future or things like that, but certainly cultures. I'm rereading S.C. Gwynn's uh, wonderful book about the Comanche and um, Empire of the Summer Moon. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. Of course, if, if you haven't read that book, uh, please pick it up. Uh, major plug there. Yeah. Uh, just for the simple <laughs> fact that it has, you know, there's so many different things in there about uh, the the clash of what we might consider today be a clash of civilizations. Mm-hmm. I think that the, all of the relevant and pertinent uh, plots and uh, maybe uh, significant theses that are, mm-hmm. that were originally in the Samuel Huntington book um, on the clash of civilizations mm-hmm. uh, are all present there in the, 
United States of America meeting and the, the Texans meeting up for the first time with the empire of the Comanches. And people generally don't associate Comanches with being having an empire or having an imperial stance on things, but they did. Yeah. I mean, well, it's just, I think that this is the clash of cultures or clash of, I mean, that's going to be something that it, we could write about at every, um, I don't know, every stage of any development of a society, of a culture, of the world, because there's going to be that constant, you know, clashing of, you know, the old versus the new, the, um, you know, what was done before, what should be done now, is it always better? And that's, you know, we always talk about advancement being like, oh, we need to advance. We constantly need to advance. That's the purpose of education. And, and yeah. And if, but is it always, is it always the best? Is it always the best to have that full on advancement? Um, it's, we often think things are very like, I don't know, it's not right. If the old ways, if somebody's doing the old ways now, um, for instance, I don't know, uh, Yellowstone, <laughs> I know that people, we've talked about that before, but when um, Casey, his character decides to do an old tradition with the Indian ways to kind of figure out like what's bugging him, what's going on in his life, where he sees him himself going. Okay. Now this would be seen as an old way to do something. Um, but it is in the present and do, I think it really like, um, the old ways, I guess is the way the old ways, um, really are dependent upon your environment and the way things are done. Like some people that that is ridiculous. Like, why would you do that? There's no reason. And that should be something that is no longer in the future. Hmm. But, you know, I think that, you know, when we talk about people and the ethnicities and hanging on to their culture and the way that they used to do things and um, a way that, you know, is significant to this certain culture and ethnicity um, and they shouldn't become American. That's what a lot of people, you know, the Americanized, you are no longer doing what you did before. Um, I think that if we hold on to those traditions, I think that it kind of keeps you, you know, a foot with the way people used to do it. I don't, and I don't, is it bad? I don't, that's a great question. Hmm. Uh, there's, I mean, there's clearly a lot there. We have in our own part of the woods, neck of the woods uh, in Amarillo, we have our own uh, history with that. And that's something that uh, a goes into a great, great deal and a great amount uh, of discussion takes place about all the things that take, took place in the Yano Estacado and all the, the conflict uh, that was that was there pursuant to the aim of at in the beginning trying to figure out how to live in some type of harmony mm-hmm. and then eventually you know that giving way to okay we we're going to have to go full force here because there seems to be some type of a disconnect uh, going on here and it's been you know it took it took 50 years to get there if not longer mm-hmm. uh, with the U.S. government, but uh, they that was something that had been going on since the Spanish arrived and prior. I mean, even during all of those different periods of time, there was an, a tremendous amount of infighting between and different hierarchical structures of those of those nations. Um, and I thought that that was 
that this is such an important topic uh, to discuss. Can I give uh, another example? Sure. One, this is another one from post-Civil War America, uh, that in Missouri, the that that state that seemed to create so many problems as to whether or not it was going to be a free slate or a slave state uh, prior to the Civil War, after the Civil War becomes a uh, place where and particularly in, in areas like all civilizations always kind of build themselves around water. And there was a group of, of individuals, of radical Republicans, that came and settled this area not too far from uh, Table Rock Lake in, uh, in southern Missouri. Now, they had a town called Radical, and that was, they named it Radical, obviously, because radical Republicans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, today, over a period of time, that town was, I mean, originally it was something that people went through and there were all these little river systems around it. Like Table Rock wasn't there. It didn't exist until a certain point in time, I think 1950s, when there was a dam that was built there, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, filled filled up this this valley and channelized areas with with water and and moved all this water around so that it could support larger civilization. And what's strange about that is that to even today, if you are out fishing on that, so there's a bridge that goes over that bridge, uh, the bridge that goes over that old village, and then now there's another bridge that goes above the other bridge. And I mean, when you really start thinking about it in, in in any significant depth, you start to realize that like, you know, even if today, if you were to go use your fish finder and, and fly over this area, you would see what we would consider to be the remnants of that yeah. old town. If someone was to try or want to, and, and there, there are lots of people that do and lots of people that write histories on this place. Uh, because it is such an interesting mm-hmm. little, you know, little niche of, well, I mean, it does it does provide an example of the larger question of what what does they okay people lived there every single day they mm-hmm. had routines there they raised their kids there they buried their dead there they loved people deeply they pursued dreams uh, deeply they had passion they had uh, the will to live they had all the things that we have today because human beings have, I don't believe in human progress. I mean, I know that this is maybe a dark topic. I don't think so. I just think it is just Mm -hmm. a topic, but human progress doesn't really happen. Technological progress, sure, but human progress, not so much. So we can have all the policies we want and change as much as we want, but people are people. Right. And if you know people, then if today, then you know them historically, you know Mm -hmm. them then, that will always connect us. So knowing that about radical Missouri, the old town, that they built, they they spent their entire lives trying to build something that had no place in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, as you talk about that, I'm, we, my parents um, have a ranch and they have creeks, creek beds. Let me say, they have creek beds that there used to be, there's pictures 
uh, from before they dammed it up in Dalhart of this creek. And there were families and people come from everywhere to picnic along that creek. They would have big parties. And and now you go and, I mean, is it still really pretty and neat? But good gosh, every time we're there, I'm like, I can't imagine how gorgeous this would have been if that water was flowing. I mean, there's nothing. There's no, there's tree. The trees are starting to fall because there's no water, and they're massive trees. Like you, if we were to stand, it would probably take about five of us holding hands to get around these trees. The tree trunk. I mean, they are massive trees, but because the water's dammed up, we're losing those trees now. That civilization that used to run through there is gone. Like that, you know that. Um, something that I don't even probably there's nobody alive still that could remember, you know, sitting there on that creek bed, having that picnic. But at that time, that was their reality. That's what they did. That's what was happening. That's how they would remember their past. And now it's gone. Um, Not only that, we had the train used to run on there. Now it's a mile off, but I mean, it used to run through our land and you can see the mound where it used to be. And there's something that we call signature rock where people would sit and wait for the train. And it was this rock place that they could sit and get some shade. And people have carved things in there. It's like 1907, um, 18. I mean, it's really cool how they did. I don't know how they did it. Like it's really good. But um, the fact that signature rock used to be right by the train, that train's completely gone. Um, remnants, you can kind of see where the mound used to be, but it's gone. And I, you know, just because of my experience on that land, I know of these multiple things that used to be there that will never be again. Um, I just, it makes you wonder like how many other places did this happen? You know, we constantly do archeology span trying to look for these other places and civilizations, but how many of them were washed away and we don't ever know, you know, things that won't be there now. And because usually advancement, like there, there was a reason why they dammed that up. Right. So they could get water to other, but what about the places that were left behind? Yeah. And what, what are we to make of, I mean, Las Vegas, Nevada. And I, I love Vegas. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the particularly around Christmas time. And I'm really You'll never hear me say this again. I hope very. I hope fewer people ever hear me say this on this podcast, which is that Christmas time is the best, in my opinion, best time to visit Las Vegas. Uh, there's huh. a little bit fewer people there. You know, they've got all the all the different uh, the water shows at the Bellagio. That those are all choreographed to to different uh, Christian Christmas music. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun to be there during that time because you know it's not super cold or anything like that. But when Vegas came into being, there was a need for for power, and if they were and prior to that, before settling all of that stuff, you know, the the Hoover Dam was built specifically and constructed not just as a tool of the the Great Depression and an instrument of trying to, you know, employ people who were out of work, but also provide power and means for people to live out their their daily lives in what they considered to be a modern 
world in a modern context. So they were making progress and in, in their mind. Right. And maybe not, not, maybe not every single person was thinking about that because surely we don't go around thinking up, this is more modern than this. Therefore it's better. I don't think that we all, that we, we work that way. Maybe we, it's more obvious in certain things like movies and CGI, you know, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park still to me look very real, the original. Uh, But we, we also might consider something like a, like a dam being built that diverts the Colorado river and, Little do we know later that in hundred a hundred years later, almost a hundred years, that the the water itself is going to become a major freshwater issue for us in the twenty first century. So, I mean, is it everything comes kind comes down to costs and and benefits and you know the the fact that we have a scarcity of resources and only so much attention to pay to things, which is, you know, why, once again, that scarcity of time and scarcity of resources comes really into focus when people have children, mm-hmm. which may be an, a really important to ha- important reason to have children. Otherwise, we might find out that we've, we're spending our lives, you know, doing something that has know, less value. On the other hand, it's really good to have people looking out for the really long-term things like the, the Elon Musk's and of the, of the, the world who, by the way, has recently been making uh, lots of hay uh, for making statements about population decline mm-hmm. in the world. He's like, we are, we are digging our own grave by not having kids. Yeah. And he sees it, I mean, as a kind of a, devolution of of civilization i mean of the i don't know i mean it just like think do you have any idea where you would be if you didn't have kids you know like if you did something completely different you know it's like the priorities school i'm school (laughs) well school was one at one point but that's the thing is like you have priorities and when family becomes that priority it changes your outlook completely, you know, what's important, your, uh, the resources, right. All of a sudden now we're worried about it, but if you're single and you don't have kids, like, it's like, we're not thinking about that. All I need to do is take about care of myself. And I'm not like, I'm not totally 100% against being selfish because yes, you do need to have some selfish tendencies, but at the same time, if all you worry about is you and do whatever you want, then, you know, that's not necessarily a good practice for any culture or any society to be successful. You know, there's always got to be a connection to somebody else so that, you know, when, when things come down, you know, you do have some, you know, want to, for them to survive as well. But, and I think that not having kids, not getting married, not doing the things that we traditionally would have done um, which is like, that was like, um, I love it. There's a, his Levine, um, said that in order to be an adult male, this, these are the steps you have to take. Number one, leave the house. Number two, enter the adult world. Number three, settle down. And number four, um, be a man, be your own man. Okay. That's, that was what, if you didn't do that, you're not an adult. Okay. So we have so many people now who are, you know, well into their thirties, still living with their parents. According to Levine, you're not a man. You have not grown up. 
If you're not, if you don't have your own house, you're just renting, not a man. If you don't have kids, you haven't settled down, not a man. Do you, and that's, um, and that was just an old way of thinking. But at the same time, it's like, is, is that such a bad, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's old, but is it really such a bad thing? You know, having the settle down and having the, you know, where you're responsible for other people, not just yourself, um, where you do have your priorities, you've got to do something. You can't just float through a bunch of stuff, but. Sure. Well, how can you, how can you truly value? It's much more difficult to value the future and with the same value that you might value the, the present and the past if the investment that you have in it isn't a whole investment and it's just about making sure I live as long as I possibly can. You know, there's a time and surely, um, surely that's important to have longevity. We all try to do, mm-hmm. hopefully we all try to do things that are, that are healthy for us. We just passed the new year. My guess is that I think you said 70, around 75% in approximation, people don't, I mean, probably don't even make it past the first month, you know, (laughs) but I mean, they're trying, they want to, they might have an aspiration to, even if it's fleeting, even if it's noncommittal, they still, that doesn't mean that they don't, they don't want that for themselves Mm -hmm. and for their families. Maybe they have other, all kinds of other reasons. And I would love to hear all the different types of responses that we could get on, on, that issue. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, once we get into the investments that we have on the kids, all of that changes mm-hmm. so dramatically, mainly because we're thinking about what kind of a world we want them to have the opportunities mm-hmm. that we had when we were growing up. Now, right. I mean, that's not to say that the world's going to be look very different. Absolutely. But humans don't change. No. And that's what um, we were also talking about this, but it's the idea that we, you know, the older generation says, oh, you have it so much easier. The, you know, we say it about our kids. We do, you know, it's constantly like, oh, this generation, oh, this. And the truth is, is there's a lot more similarities than there are differences between the generations. I mean, but I mean, it does look different. That's the point. It's like things advance. So it just looks different. I don't think it's easier for our kids. It's just different. I think that they have to navigate different situations that we didn't ever have to do. I I joke and laugh, but, and also very serious that I am so glad that we did not have Facebook while I was in high school. Um, And we didn't take pictures of everything, you know, and we think, oh, what idiots our kids are for putting, you know, stuff on faith. Like, why would you post that? But that's just their generation. That's like their thing. And they have to learn from that. We did stupid stuff. Like our, um, you know, like our parents probably like, why would you write that down? Or why would you say that, you know, on the telephone? And, you know, it's kind of that same situation where we you know, that was our social media. That was, that's their social media, whatever the thing that we just can't imagine that they would do stuff on because we didn't have it. Um, like my parents, like you, I can't believe you said that on the phone. Okay. Well, I, we were going through all of these pictures of, um, old pictures. It was, they were amazing. But one of them, my mom, she's 
gorgeous mom and on the back she had written something really sweet and kind of funny and a little like I don't you know like what mom to my dad like because he's um Indian right and so she put be a good little uh, be a good big chief not little big chief and I'll see you next week on the back of her picture and I was like oh my god and I was like I can't believe you wrote that and she's like I, but at the time, like if I said that to somebody on the phone, she'd be, I can't believe you said that to their face. You know, it's just a different way. So it's not, I don't, it's not that different. It's just different. <laughs> if that makes right. any sense. No, I mean, we could say the same things, just say them with different words. And you know, what is in it's like fashion, yeah. right? I mean, what's in one day is out the next and then it comes back in again. And uh, for, I, I don't know how long, you know, we are going to go. It seems like things are speeding up rather than slowing down. And we'll probably, you know, probably never uh, go back to a slower time. Uh, when we say slower, by the way, uh, just talking about, as we've we've mentioned before, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being fans of the show Naked and Afraid yep. gives one perspective with regard to, you know, w- what, life may have looked like 60,000 years ago or 70 or 80,000 years ago. And any, in time immemorial prior, you know, we just go day to day looking for the right meal, right? A meal, water, you know, and shelter and shelter. I mean, it's like, that's it. Those are the, the, that life in other words, seems rather um, brutish and, What is it? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm accidentally quoting Thomas Hobbes, by the way. I mean, <laughs> it's an accident, but uh, brutish and short, as yeah. he said, and trivial. That, like, there's a lot of stuff that we worry about. It's like, why are you, why why are you worried about that? Um, I have that's how we survive today. It is. I why. have this whole lesson in my class on stress, and and constantly. We've talked about this before. I basically it boils down to you're the one who stresses you out. You're the one who makes you sick. And it's, but why? Like, what is, why are you worried about that? And, um, you know, if we simplify and really just look at our priorities, things are less stressful. Like, there's no reason. I This morning, I don't even know where it came from, but um, I randomly post something on Facebook and it was a joke. Like, it wasn't, like, I didn't think it was serious. It was one of those, and I put a little laughy face, right? So I had a girl that I went to um, high school with that she, and I haven't seen her. She lives um, up north somewhere now. And she responded, like, pretty hateful. And I was like, wait, you know, I was like, I realized it was a joke. Like, I responded to her. Like, I realized it was a joke. Um, I kind of thought it was funny because all this stuff has been posted. And then I had a student of mine who like told like she was the other the girl came back and said some nasty stuff and he totally like jumped to my uh like to respond to that like you don't know where and, and the truth is, is you know what like why I was gonna get back on and be like well you don't know me anymore you knew me in high school and but I was like what is the point and that's kind of like this idea is like that's I feel like social media I feel like some of the advancements of having all this information has led us to worry about things that we, there's just, that's a lot of wasted energy. I have, I am too busy driving my kids around to worry about what somebody I knew from high school that I didn't, I mean, 
we had classes together, but I don't know that we really knew each other. They knew who they thought I was, right? And I know who I thought they were kind of idea. But, you know, and I was like, this, there's just no point. There's just no point to this. And that's kind of where there are some things that I think that we need to revisit that I think have gone away. Kind of like the idea where I don't, I haven't heard anybody say this in a long time, except for me. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Like, where did that go? Right. Uh, how about sticks and stones may break my oh bones, my but God. words, words we'll will never, never hurt, hurt me. me. I, that has gone away. And I get, I'm as a psychologist and as, you know, looking at all the, I understand, but that words, I mean, that we do with our mental capacity. Mm. And I understand that, you know, um, verbal abuse is real 100. But at the same time, I, I am so thankful that my parents built so much confidence in me that if somebody was saying awful things about me, I like shrugged it off. Like, you don't know me kind of thing. Like, like you're not my friend. If you're going to say horrible, horrible things about me, you're not my friend. And I don't, I'm just going to not hang out with you. I'm not going to deal with you if that's how you want to treat me. Where did that go? Right? That didn't happen anymore. Like if somebody says something bad, it's like, oh, and that I want to be, why? Don't be in their circle. I tell my daughter all the time. And it's, it is definite switch because I, I'm trying to instill that same kind of confidence in her. However, society has made it to where um, everybody should be friends. Everybody should like you. no. They aren't. You're not going to be friends with everybody. And that's okay. Now, does that mean you treat people like crap? Absolutely not. However, you don't have to take value in what everybody says to you. People, you can hate me. Okay. I don't know you. That's okay. Just like this situation. I was about to get into that, but I don't even know. I don't really know her anymore. She does. I I know. And as I sit there thinking about what she sent me, I'm like, she... (laughs) It made me laugh because I was like, she didn't even know me. You don't even, why would you say horrible things like that? You don't even know who I am. And, but we do, like, that's what happens, right? We hear people say stuff. And I think that, I just think that we need to go back to the idea. Sticks and stones don't break my bones. Um, break, will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'm rubber, you're glue, <laughs> right? Whatever. And then the whole idea too, that, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Where did that go? Because it doesn't happen. So there are some things I feel like have, we've left it. Okay. So what have we left it for? Have we left it for something better? Have we left it for, I mean, for the sake of, for the sake of conversation, when we, anytime we leave something behind, obviously we move to a a new frontier. We're on, we're on some new terrain, right? And it's new and it's fresh and it feels new to us. But somebody's been living there, surely. And they could probably report back that it's not as so great over there either. Yeah. Right? I think, you know what I think we left it for is that you need to, you need to talk. You need to tell us how you feel and you need to get, and yes, to the people who are important to you and not everybody else. Right. And I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't know where that, what happened, but I, I get it. I do. I get it to a point. The idea of a safe space, a safe space, um, a place where you can talk. Yeah, but that's not going to be everywhere. And that's okay. You know where your safe place or safe space should be? 
in your home where you have your priority in your family. I don't, I would not go to a random place that I don't even know everybody who's there to have a safe place. Why would that be your safe space? If you need a safe, go home, go to the people who love you, your priority, your circle. And, and I 100% am not like putting mental health out of it because that is there. But at the same time, I think that we've had such a rise in mental health because we are so focused on everybody else. Stop. So the comparisons that we draw as a result of social media, right? I mean, once again, not to get into the whole, this, this black hole again, but I mean, what is the, what is the, what is the purpose of social media um, other than to compare and communicate? Mm -hmm. We make comparisons, we communicate with each other, but I mean, I don't know what the future of that is, Yeah, you know? I mean, we are, we're all, maybe we've already reached its, (laughs) I'm, I fear, you know, to some extent, what more it might have to offer. What? I don't know. That's the thing is like, but we never thought that would happen. Right. I mean, we don't know. I, this, this idea of social never was something that I was like, Oh, that's what's going to happen next. But it did. And I don't know. I'm, I just think that advancement is great. I think that the more you learn in education is amazing. However, I also believe that your past and the history has a very important part in the way you do things. We as a society have been here in a culture for a reason because we're successful. So I don't know why we always need to think of ways to change it. Um, I did a really cool project in my sociology class where they got to develop their own community. And um, we had communities who that were very advanced and li- ones that live underwater. And I mean, all of these things. And you, then I had like random, um, my uh, faculty and my uh, colleagues sent me reasons of why uh, cultures or communities have failed. And then I just wrote them on a piece of paper, put them in a jar, and then I just randomly drew them out. And if I drew something out that canceled your community, you're dead. Like, that's it. Your community's gone. And the community or the culture that won, that was last to go out, was the one that is just like a normal neighborhood. That's what they said. They were like, we thought that ours was going to go first because we didn't really venture out and say that we are run by AI or that we were going to be nomadic and move everywhere or that we're going to live under the water. We just said we're going to have a community that has the police that has, you know, everything that we would have in a community. And they won because they were resistant to the things that killed other communities. So I don't know that advancement is always the way to go. It's a really good point. And I remember uh, Kevin Costner's character Mm -hmm. in uh, Yellowstone in a couple of, I mean, a couple of episodes uh, prior to the season finale, you know, he made, made this comment to uh, one of the individuals was protesting. uh, I don't know, one of the, one of the many issues that, that that people protest about. And I can understand there's always a legitimate reason to protest. We have a right to do it under the first amendment. Uh, and by the way, a moment ago, you said, why do, why don't people feel just, why can't their safe space be in their homes? 
That's something that I tried and true believe in Mm -hmm. uh, predominantly because that's where we are meant to be the most protected is in our home. All law speaks to this going back to Magna Carta, right? And that is, seems to be the place where folks have, have routinely and always felt like that is, that is a, a constitutionally protected area. Yeah. If I'm going to say it, I can say it in my own home mm-hmm. and feel the. And I mean, of course there are, you know, different circumstances. Sure. Like if you have yeah. a horrible, awful home, then that's not going to be it. But a I, doctor's office. Right. In right. the, you know, I guess the biggest percentage, this should be your safe place. And, and I understand that it's not. And if it's not, then you need to change your situation. Right. And there's always going to be somebody that's going to draw an exception and, and, find be they'll listen to this podcast and say oh they're not thinking about this but this situation well there's always one of those situations somebody's going to go to space someday and there's not going to feel safe there's not going to be a spot so they're gonna have to create a new another space in space yeah another space within space (laughs) on the shuttle or wherever it is that whatever it is that we're on correct and uh anyway kevin costner's character says uh to to this individual you know she's Disgusted with how, you know, people are raising, I believe it's cattle uh, at that time and how the, the way that the cattle are being treated and all the, pretty much all the things that you know, Joaquin Phoenix said at the Academy Awards a couple yeah. of years ago. Uh, but he said, you know, it's because people stopped living with the land and started living on it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that there was a lot of wisdom in that short uh, space of words that, you know, when we stop living with alongside things, we we really do stop valuing it as something that can provide something for us. Uh, and I think that that's uh, incredibly important, not just uh, historically, but maybe as we go from day to day mm-hmm. that, you know, we live next to each other. We don't live for other people. And they so don't we live don't for and, us and they don't live for us. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be a healthy respect. I think the rattlesnake serve this serves this purpose for us in the West Texas and the high plains mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it's good to have a healthy respect for the land where you are that, you know, the idea that, you know, you could step in the wrong place or decide you were going to, you know, sit on the wrong rock uh, could end in death. Correct. Uh, I think that is a, valuable and unfortunately diminished uh, respect that we may have today that leads us to all kinds of uh, other conclusions that are Mm -hmm. probably not exactly accurate. And of course, you know, people, we can, we can all benefit from listening to each other and living with each other and not, you know, I don't want to say living on each other, living, <laughs> you get it. living with each other, but not living, you know, for each other. Right. And that's what that's, I think that's one of the civics that we're trying to communicate that, you know, with the, the continued uh, resistance, you mentioned property ownership a moment ago mm-hmm. um, and all of the different uh, aspects and, and uh, of, of life and understanding that come along with property ownership, as you mentioned, right. um, what it meant to be a man in, in mm-hmm. older days. And, and maybe that, that has changed some, sure. maybe, maybe though it has to do with values and maybe that was something that he was 
identifying Mm -hmm. was that your values change when this starts to happen. When this happens, your values begin to change. Mm -hmm. When you have children, you look at the future differently. You look at the past differently. You look at your parents differently. Your aunts and uncles take on different meaning. Uh, Your cousins, your brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. they all, I mean, everything changes. When you own your own property, the respect that you have for it changes so do so does your perspective on taxation and yeah and what you want money to go towards and it's not all the same uh, certainly not but the respect that you gain from it because you because a, it's yours right you have a priority it's you have a stake in it right skin in the game exactly skin in the game is the right way to put it so anyway it was great to be back with you oh, again this yeah, morning it was. it was fun i'm glad we got to do this again um uh, hopefully we'll be doing it more often. Like we'll get to do the, you know, another show soon. I hope so too. And uh, I hope all, all everybody is having a wonderful new year. Gosh, stay here we are, twenty twenty two. Yep, stay healthy, stay safe. Uh, you know, I guess don't sit on the wrong rock. That's a good uh, one. But yeah. I hope all of y'all have a, a wonderful new year, and that you're able to stay true to your. <laughs> I don't know, whatever it is that your you, priority? yeah, whatever it is your that resolution. you came up with this year for your resolution. I do. If it's, uh, if it's serious as in, you know, you don't want to have another heart attack. I truly wish yeah, that, you know, the that best. Is, yes, absolutely. Uh, but if, you know, if it's something along the lines of, you know, uh, I don't know, wanting to, I don't know. I, I better <laughs> not say anything. This luck. is a good time for me to be quiet. <laughs> Have a wonderful day, everybody. I yes. can't wait to talk to you all again. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.